Brownsville Baptist Church members and friends would like to thank you for listening to our outreach podcast. Brownsboro's mission statement is to praise God through worship and devotion, exemplifying the gifts God has given us through witnessing, fellowship, and outreach. We strive to encourage and support one another as we reach out in Christian love to bring others into the Brownsboro family. As we praise God at all times, Brownsboro Baptist Church wants to ensure all Brownsboro family and friends has a weekly word of encouragement. Pastor James L. Islar Jr., Senior Pastor, Augustus Prentice, Assistant Pastor. Hello, Brownsboro family and friends. During this time of social distancing, the Brownsboro Church family would like to make certain that our church family and friends as well as any podcast visitors, have an opportunity to hear a word from the Lord. This week, we have Sister Mauricia as our guest speaker. Sister Mauricia is the president of the Outreach Department, as well as the artistic director of the Brownsboro Anointed Drama Department. A prayer warrior, missionary, and purposeful woman of God, let us tune in to hear what Sister Mauricia has to say to the people of God. Hello, Brownsboro Podcast. It's so good being with you. My name is Mauricia. And we've been directed by our pastor, that of the Reverend James Isler, to talk about several topics leading up to Resurrection Sunday. Last week, you heard Sister Wyetta, who said we must decrease in order for him to increase. And then there was Deacon Hinkle the Sunday prior, who said Jesus has given us all a purpose. And Sister Islar started it all off saying, prepare your heart for Resurrection Sunday. Well, this Sunday, I would like to talk about the power of your silence. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines silence as a forbearance from speech or noise, the absence of sound, absence of mention. So for today's topic, we would like to focus on silence of forbearance. Matthew 26, 59 through 75 says, Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus, as they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is that these men testify against you. But Jesus remained silent. And the scriptures read, we can imagine that what was going on on moments before the death of Christ. In these scriptures, we see Jesus' journey through the Jewish trial with the Sanhedrins. The trial is made of what we know today as a judge and jury. Here we have the high priest, the chief priest, and the elders and teachers of the law. As we look at our judicial system, 
we understand the process of looking at the preponderance of the evidence. Many times it includes looking for testimony that corroborate with one another. This is done to ensure the accused is determined guilty without a shadow of a doubt. Ideally, if you have one testimony after the other and the testimonies aren't matching up, then they are often thrown out, allowing the accused to go free. Many of you remember the phrase, if it does not fit, you must acquit from O.J. Simpson's trial. So in the scriptures read earlier, you find there are witnesses who are giving false testimony against Jesus, one after the other, but none of the statements are matching up. While we do not get to hear all of the testimonies, we do hear of the testimony in which two witnesses state they witnessed Jesus destroy the temple of God and Jesus stated he will rebuild it in three days. See Matthew 26 and 61. Now was this accurate? Let's look at John two sixteen twenty one, And it reads, To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume you. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all of this? Jesus answered them and said, Destroy this temple and I will raise it up again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. So when Jesus made this statement, he was telling the people in the temple who was misusing the temple by selling their goods rather than what it was actually intended for. Jesus stated they would try to destroy him, but he would raise up in three days. This was a little foreshadowing of what is to come. The temple he was referring to is his body, not the physical building. So you find the false witnesses took Jesus' statement out of context. Yet the statement alone was not enough to seal his fate. Mark 14 and 55 says, the chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. It is important to understand the Sadducees were led by the law, and the law was that there had to be two or three witnesses. Deuteronomy 17 and 6 says, on the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death, but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. And then Numbers 35 and 30 says, Anyone who kills a person is to be put to death as a murderer only on the testimony of witnesses, but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. So I can imagine hearing testimony after testimony this might have frustrated the high priests as they were having a little difficulty sentencing Jesus to death. So the high priest somewhat loses his temper. In verse 62, it says, Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is the testimony that these men are bringing against you? 
but Jesus remained silent. When we are often in our sin, we cannot always see the light. We want to deny what is obviously in front of us. No matter how much we know or how much we research the situation, we are always stuck with our belief in our version of the truth. I'm reminded of a story of a family that was going through the grieving process of their loved one. The loved one had several comorbidities, but the family was in denial. Hospice was even offered to the family to prepare the family for the end-of-life care. When the family's loved one passed away, it did not matter how much the physician explained, how much the hospice nurse or the hospice doctor explained, how much the documentation proved that their loved one died of natural causes. Their hope was based on the fact and the blame was placed upon the nursing home failing to provide care. They stated they killed our loved one. Jesus was seen healing the sick, raising the dead, and healing the blind. After all the miracles he performed, there was still doubt. Because of the life he led, he should not have to have said a word. But in the scriptures above, it stated Jesus remained silent. So he remained silent when asked because he knew it really didn't matter what he said. The jury had already condemned him to death. Which brings us to our first definition of silence. And that is the silence of forbearance. Jesus used this word forbearance to refrain from stating or or starting an argument with those who had already condemned him to death. Jesus understood the power of his silence. Going back to the above example, when the doctors and the nurses attempted to explain to the family the cause of the death, they were argumentative, stating, no, that's not the case. No, that's not true. No, this is what happened. So the more the doctors explained to them, the more an argument ensued. Jesus understood the power of his silence. Mandy Hill writes, Don't waste words on people who deserve your silence. Sometimes the most powerful thing you can say is nothing at all. And while finishing the trial, it states, The high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Then Jesus said to him, you have said so. But I tell you from now, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, you have uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? We've now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered. He deserves death. Then they spit on his face and struck him. And some slapped him saying, prophecy to us, you Christ. What is it that struck you or who is it that struck you? 
Jesus breaks his silence for the truth. So you see, the high priest challenged Jesus with the truth, asking him if he was in fact the Son of God. Jesus wanted to make the Sanhedrins know that he was the Son of God, adding, You have said so, and from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power. Instead of pleading the fifth, the statement sealed his deal. By telling the truth, he was sentenced to death. No other witnesses were needed. For the truth, we must be willing to break our silence and acknowledge who and whom Jesus is. The next definition of silence I'd like to bring to your attention is that of omission. You can speak, but if you omit the truth, then you are silent. Let's look at Matthew twenty-six sixty-nine through 75. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him and said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So we see that Peter was sitting away from Jesus in Mark 14, 53. The scripture tells us Peter followed Jesus at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. You see, the moment Peter walked away from Jesus was the moment he first denied Christ. And because he was no longer in the presence of the Lord, it was easy for him to deny him. Could perhaps Peter been called to the stand to testify on the behalf of Jesus? What would he have stated? Well, we know Peter did not even make it to the room as he was standing outside separating himself from Jesus. When asked if he knew Jesus, he denied him three times, ultimately becoming silent to the word of God. The question then becomes for many of us, have we omitted Jesus out of our lives when it became convenient? Have we been silent in the room when it is important to speak the truth? I am reminded of an atheist that came on the night of our presidential debate, and he pleaded for the nation to sign a petition to have a complete separation of church and state, adding the words, I'm not afraid to go to hell. Those words pierced my heart and my ears and my spirit to the core because I was wondering when they were going to play an infomercial of a Christian petitioning for non-believers to accept Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, because with Him there is everlasting life. But unfortunately, no such infomercial came on, and all I heard in the matter was silence. But when he heard the rooster crow, he was reminded of what Jesus told him, and he broke his silence by weeping. 
I can imagine Peter was asking for forgiveness. Peter did not think he would sin against Christ, but he did. Jesus told him he would, but he did not believe it. He later got a wake-up call from the rooster. What is your wake-up call today? For Peter, it was the sound of the rooster crowing. It is good news to know that we can break the silence and cry out to him for forgiveness. Romans 10 and 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I leave you with this. Martin Luther King Jr. stated, In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. If we call ourselves a friend of Christ, let's all remember our power in silence, but also know when to break our silence and speak what thus says the Lord. You're listening to an excerpt from Break the Silence by Tasha Masitha. We would like to thank Sister Mauricia for that powerful, anointed, thoughtful message entitled The Power of Your Silence. We pray that there was something within that message that you can grow and benefit from We're going to take a moment here and give you an opportunity to reflect. In the absence of a face-to-face worship opportunity at local churches throughout the country, Now is the time for missionaries to remain faithful and resilient. Now is the time for Christians to exercise their faith and provide a biblical paradigm for others to grow spiritually. Missionary President Charlene Finley has encouraged others to find creative ways to engage with our family and our friends. She also has encouraged members of our faith family to remember our seniors. Praise the Lord. This is Charlene Finley from the Brownsboro Baptist Church Missionary Department. We are asking all our members to think about our senior citizens with cards, phone calls, or letters to let them know we have not forgotten them. God bless. For our weekly announcements, we have a prayer line that meets every Monday night beginning at 7 p.m., and it will conclude around 8 p.m. We call it our time of prayer. We begin at 7 o'clock and we move as the Spirit gives us utterance. The prayer request link, as well as the Brownsboro Baptist Church newsletter, will be included in the show notes. The number and access code will also be available. Please feel free to peruse our newsletter and leave a digital prayer request. 
Please know our Pearl Warriors connect via multifaceted ways throughout the week, and we are looking forward to pray for you. This is Pastor James L. Islar Jr. of Brownsboro Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a wonderful week.